0: Hello everyone, and thanks for tuning in to TGMR, The Galleries at Moore Radio, a public art talk radio station broadcasting from the Moore College of Art and Design. Listen live, search the archive of past broadcasts, or find out how you can get on the air at thegalleriesatmore.org. I'm Matt Kalaski, and I'm really excited to be joined today in the TGMR studios by Lucia Alber and Katie Roth. Uh... Lucia is an artist, and Katie Roth is a curator of an upcoming show, Leave Worry Behind, which opens at the Practice Gallery this Friday, April 6th, and we'll go through April 29th. Katie and Lucia, good morning. Good,
1: good morning. morning. Excellent.
0: I'm really excited to uh, talk about this show, um, but the first thing I want to hear about is, uh, Lucia, can you tell us a little bit of the genesis of this show?
1: Okay. Yes, um, around December 2015, I went to a car service center. I went into a Jiffy Lube (laughs) near my hometown just for a routine oil change. And there was a man there who I interacted with for five seconds. He was an employee. And after I left that service center, I got a friend request from him. And this led to nine months of him stalking me. He he took he took my information from the, I guess the system at at the Jiffy Lube and started calling me incessantly, and and telling me stuff like it was like sexual things, violent sexual things from.
0: Whoa, yeah. what um, that seems like a very like intense mm-hmm. experience. How did you take that experience? And uh, put it and make art out of it.
1: I couldn't get it out of my head after it ended. After I changed my phone number, he was tricky and was like rerouting his phone number, calling from unknown numbers. Um, so after it ended, it was really difficult for me to make artwork. And I knew I had to just address it in in artwork.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There was no way to get over. It. I was gonna. I was supposed to be working in a different like in a different fashion I was working on a different show basically with my studio mate and then I just said I can't focus on this
0: Did it w- did it help you process or understand this experience? Was it a way of exercising it out of your system? Yeah. Can you describe how how that made sure. you feel?
1: I feel like it did. I think now that it's pretty much done you know I mean the experience is over I haven't had a situation like that since it ended it ended in 2016 and I don't I'm glad that I put it into something that I can see that's tangible and then I can finally pack away after the show is down Mm -hmm. I pack that up I put it away and it's it's over
0: and when when people go uh, to see the show on Friday April 6th, (laughs) what will they see? How have you, can you give them a taste of what they're actually going to experience? Yes,
1: I did research on French rococo and decor in like Versailles and these really extravagant, decadent fabrics and textiles. And I'm really combining that with the car expo aspect. (laughs) I have... um, (laughs) I was researching the term boudoir, and before it was like used as sexy bedroom <laughs> thing, it was before it, the term meant sulking room, and it was a place in rich women's houses where it, rooms like f- all over the house, and there was one room specifically that was a sulking room, and that's where you went to get away from people and things you didn't want to deal with, and it was they were usually like extravagantly decorated and just really floofy and nice and and it would be a nice space to retreat to
0: so can I ask is was the term the sulking room tube the boudoir was that a negative connotation was it like mm. a positive connotation and have you have you thought about like how is this because I can imagine like you hear the word sulking room you think like, I have a negative Right, I think
2: when you're like social justice oriented, <laughs> you're like, get over. you know, get it's get over. like it's like, come on, let's deal with this. But I think there's a really important like emotional aspect. And like, especially it ties back to like, this idea of like femininity and like, and like, uh, being in touch with your emotion and mm-hmm. like emotionally intelligent mm-hmm. and like putting aside the space for that
0: so thank you yeah i mean i hear you say sulking room i hear self-care room which right. is right. i'm like i want a sulking right. room, like you know just like a chill room in your house where you go to you release right it's all like the it's like yeah. at that
2: point it's like okay how much self-care is too much self-care
0: <laughs> though
1: <laughs>
0: but uh yeah so um they're gonna go and see this show mm-hmm. um and I know you've a lot of your work in the past has been installation based and uh, video based, and I also know that Practice Gallery has traditionally had a lot of performance or social practice mm. parts of this. Katie, can you describe um, how this will or will not engage those things?
2: Right. So um, I just joined Practice in May um, after meeting Jerry Kaba at. Um, at an Icebox, the Future Perfect event that I was performing at. And he was like, that was a great performance. And it was just like some silly one-off thing I had Mm -hmm. done. Um, And we, you know, we weren't active from the end of June to November because of the fire. But um, so I am, I mean, I've seen practice shows, obviously before that for years, because I've I've been like working in that building for so long. Um, But I think that this show specifically is a little different than what's shown usually um, because there's not like a a physical performance, perhaps Um, we have the video piece, but, but uh, Lucia and I had been talking about how this work feels so raw um, and like uh, to perform it's, it's just hits a little too close to home. So like we don't have that traditional, uh, uh, like social practice aspect mm-hmm. or performance aspect to the show, but um, but it is very installation based and it's it's uh, I think that practice a lot of times has this aspect of of a transformation of the gallery, a transformation of the room, and like. Lucia is is always working with that um, and it's like transforming spaces.
0: Cool. Maybe can you talk of, maybe both of you talk about how your uh, how you've been working together or what you're like mm. collaborate the part of this that's a collaboration how has that function for you both? Right.
2: Um, well, Lucia and I, we met through interning at Vox <laughs> a few years ago. I don't know. What was that? 2015, 2014? 2014. Um, and we've been hanging since. Um, but we collaborated uh, for a sh- for Playdate at Vox mm-hmm. two Augusts ago. Um, and, and our work is pretty similar thematically, but also uh like the materials we're working with like very um aesthetically ma-
1: yeah right, very similar
2: ma- yeah um and so i think that we're really in tune with each other and it's it's made this process uh a lot more fun and and easier like we're really on the same page about about the direction of the show and you know the aesthetic outcome
1: uh. right no we i we talked about we talked about this work w- basically right when I first started working on it. She knew about what was going on while it was going on mm-hmm. um, because we're we're friendly and we <laughs> we're friends. We talk <laughs>
0: about our lives.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember sitting in Memphis taproom yes, with we went you. To Memphis, Memphis yeah,
1: taproom, and I told you about it, and it was like we cried together. It was terrible, <laughs> um, but beautiful. And so when. I started working on it. I remember like bringing my sketchbook cuz this is what you do when you're friends and you you both are artists, you show each other what you're working on. I remember showing her my sketchbook and showing her the ideas I was having and it was around the time I started making the patches for the jacket that goes mm. in the video. You know, so she was on on the same page with me with this process like from the beginning and then I didn't envision it as a show. It was just work. It was just stuff that I was making mm. and we kind of started talking and she said, "Hey, this should be a show yeah I
2: mean when I I went to my so practice has epic meetings twice a year that we like make food together and we like hang out all morning and that's when we do our proposals for the next six months of shows um and so my first epic meeting was like a month after I had joined so I really didn't have time to think about like um like how I wanted to be a part of the gallery and what kind of work I wanted to show, and um, and regardless, like Lucia would always be my first pick because you, know, it's like a, it's like, uh, you could see it as nepotistic, which it is. I mean, the art world is, but also, the like, I wouldn't show her work and I wouldn't put my name on this if I didn't like a hundred percent believe in the work and how incredible it is. So (laughs) yeah, I mean, I think
0: that you know, it's a fine line between nepotism and collaboration, and like you believe in your friend's work, right? And you're invested in it, Mm -hmm. right? And you want to provide a platform. I always see things like (laughs) glass half empty. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to read uh, the. A statement that Lucia wrote for this show and I want to talk a little bit about it because I think it really does I thought I found Mm. it really well written and and interesting so I'll just read it here for you Uh, uh, Fear and Fantasy Come Together in Leave Worry Behind an exhibition by Lucia Albert combining French boudoir aesthetics with elements of modern car expos and service centers this exhibition welcomes the viewer to a world where woman and machine become one in the same The artist creates a sulking room to recuperate and reflect on her experience with stalking and harassment. Using satire and humor, she attempts to parse the ways in which her trauma has infiltrated her perception of herself and the world around her. Leave Worried Behind is part of Albers ongoing project, Headlights, a series of zines examining the auto industry and its technological and social impact on sexual politics. Wow. Uh, My question here is, and we've talked a little bit about this before, is the first line, fear and fantasy come together. What does fear have to do with fantasy, and Mm -hmm. what does fantasy have to do with fear?
1: Um, The first initial calls I got from this person were unknown numbers, and I initially thought it was someone I knew. And I thought it was someone I specific I was had a specific person in mind. Something I had a crush on. (laughs) Because you know, I didn't I didn't initially think, Oh, it's this guy from Jiffy Loop who friend requested me. I was just like, "Oh my God, this is so and so, and he's calling me." <laughs> boy, crazy yeah, boy, so boy, crazy luch. And, yeah, boy, crazy. And it wasn't, it wasn't scary. It wasn't serious. The first couple calls were mysterious, and they were like, "Oh, mm-hmm. like I miss you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's hang out. Let's get together. Let's spend time together." And I'm like, "What? Who is this? Ha ha." <laughs> and then, and you know, and it wasn't scary yet. Mm. And um, the first couple calls that got it, that got scary. That's when I, like, so at first it was it was kind of like my fantasy. I was, like, imagining this specific person calling me and saying, oh, you're beautiful, and I just want to, like, be with you. I love you. <laughs> and I'm like... What you have no idea, like me too. <laughs> and then, and then it was like, then then the calls started getting like really really mm. serious. It would be like violent things that the person wanted to do to me. It would be sexual things that the person wanted to do to me. It wasn't fun at all. It was like super scary. And that's when I started going, no, really, who is this? Like, and why are you doing mm. this? Why are you calling me? They did. They played music when when I would answer the phone. Just music, nothing else. Like it got. Fearmongery. Mm-hmm.
2: So it like went from your fantasy at the beginning to his fantasy, right?
1: I got, I got, I started thinking inside of like I was the one who was being thought about and desired mm-hmm. about. You know, it totally flipped. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I mean, it still was like you being desired, but like in a totally like different a, way. Yeah,
1: and yeah. not not, not non- the way nice I want to be. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And can you? And, sorry, can you, like, this idea of the fantasy and, the, of course, like, the objectification, like, I think these all have real natural connections to mm-hmm. car culture, yeah. right? It's my <laughs> favorite part of the whole show. And, right, yeah. Um, what, can you maybe talk a little bit more about how this relates to car? I, I say this as, for the first time ever, I went to the auto show. No, you didn't. This Did you year. Really? I got free tickets. At the
1: convention center. Yeah, at
0: the convention center, maybe. and I was blown away at a lot of... Good and bad ways. I feel um, like
2: you would have... I should have gone. You should have gone. should have gone.
0: Um, I will say that <laughs> everything that I imagined the car show to be, mm. it, it, it met my imagination. Okay. Um, but I want to hear, like, so car culture for you, this Jiffy Lube, this... I know that you talk about um, the car and auto industry. Yes. How do you make that connection to these other parts of it? How does that work?
1: I felt... I couldn't get the idea out of my head that this person had such an influence over me because I came to this place for this service. I don't know about cars, really. I have (laughs) one, but I don't know about it. So I go to this place to get this service done for me. And I felt like there was that power play. And, I've heard, and, and after the experience happened, when I started writing the zine, I did a lot of research in the auto industry, the history of the automobile industry, and even like today, how it's very sexist, especially in car service plazas, because women will come in, mechanics will overcharge mm. them or ask them all these questions and like insist that your car will explode if you don't get all these extra services, you know, and you're kind of treated right. like a total idiot. If you're a woman specifically.
2: And like the connection, I, my like favorite visual of, of this is like the connection of like the fetishization of women's bodies through cars, mm-hmm. like the
1: terminology. All, yeah,
2: the terminology of cars, like car bodies, like, like the sexiness of a car body. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah.
2: And the you parts. were, yeah, you were saying, you were saying like the parts of the cars that, like have correlation to women's bodies women's
1: bodies or women's clothes like uh, there was a term called the car bra I don't think anybody uses them anymore they were like those leather things that people would put on like their bumpers
2: Mm. uh, around their headlights (laughs) or like the Um, skirt the skirt of the
1: car which is like the the edge paneling at the bottom like around the wheels um, whale tail is a term that y- is used for women who are flashing a thong and it's also a part on a car. You know, there's <laughs> right. a so lot like, of yeah. th- terms like that, that I was finding when I was doing this research and I, I had a, I had a book called driving women and it was all about the history of the sexism in the automobile industry mm-hmm. through literature and how it's portrayed in <laughs> literature. <clears throat> yeah.
0: So, and, and in this show, I, this, is, this is, this relationship exists, right? Mm-hmm. Are you trying to just, like, reveal this relationship? Are you trying to explode it? Are you trying to undermine it? Are you just trying to make sense of it for yourself? What do you think that operation is? Mm. It
1: sounds like I'm doing all of those things. (laughs) Yeah. I'm definitely definitely trying to bring awareness to it in the zine.
0: Yeah, because that's
2: so research-based. In the zine. The zine is research-based. And, like,
1: facts, Right, right. And it's a little, like... Check out the history of why it's like this now, mm-hmm. and actually how much worse it was back then, and and the way it's changed. I think our our conversation on sexual politics now and the gender of the car was always a girl. You know, it was always she, her. Mm-hmm. It was like the this woman that you're riding, that you're riding, and that yeah. you're manipulating. Yeah,
0: that's really weird. Yeah. Do you? I mean, do you see any of these things? changing i mean do you see any movement do you see like Mm. um (laughs) these things obviously exist and obviously your experience with these has brought these to your attention is this do you see any movement here
1: i think i might see the tiniest bit of a shift but only in the last maybe year or two just with the conversation of gender alone um because 50 years ago it was completely different and like even out outright in advertisements it was terrible the sexism was extremely obvious Mm. and now it's not so much you know like cars are being marketed and and talked about in a completely different way I think ads were the definitely the strongest Mm -hmm. example of how bad the sexism and Mm -hmm. how bad the exploitation of women was Mm
0: -hmm. so my last question is people are going to go see the show I want to hear from each of you is there something like a nugget or a, a little piece that you want that you would suggest people paying attention to just a moment or a visual or something that a little what's those called Easter eggs that you would want people to that mm. people should notice do you
2: I'm curious do you want to give the secret of the um of the chair piece or do you because that has a history
1: that chair has a history but yeah. it's not obvious I could I, yeah why not I, I mean, mean it would help the viewer. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I've been very mysterious about this whole show <laughs> yeah, I've tried I not to post too much about it. I know. We're like, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> like trying to
2: find a balance of like, how do we get people out? Yeah. yeah. But
1: I don't want to give everything away because I felt like I gave everything away in my last two shows and now I feel really weird about that Ooh. and I want people to come and see it and experience it because yeah. it's mm. much better as an immersive experience. The chair, there's specifically a chair in mm. the show that I've embroidered with the emblem of Jiffy Lube and the logo. The chair is called a gossip bench. And it was like a piece of furniture that everybody had in their homes in like mm. I don't know maybe the 20s, the 30s when women weren't really going anywhere and they hung out and they just talked on the phone all the time because it was like telephone companies would sell this piece of furniture with their phones. Mm. Sometimes phones were even like in the furniture, like embedded in, imbe- the, yeah, yeah, like put in the furniture. Um, and it was and it's literally a chair with a little desk next to it, kind of like a school desk chair mm. looking thing and you would lean on the <laughs> desk part take messages or sit and talk to your friend because that's where the phone would be and that was what it was for
0: whoa that makes me want to see that chair yeah and i will cool. do that uh to see what the show is called leave worry behind uh it opens this friday april 6th at practice gallery which is at the 319 north 11th street building a uh, in Philadelphia. It goes all the way to April 29th. I highly suggest everyone check it out. Katie, Lucia, thank you for speaking with me this morning. Thank Thank you, Matt, for inviting us. All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to TGMR. We'll catch you next time.